0: Kia ora and welcome to the Hill Country Futures Partnership Programme podcast series designed to equip New Zealand hill country farmers with decision-making tools and the best forage options for a whole farm system approach, which in turn future proofs the profitability, sustainability and well-being of our pastoral farmers. I'm your host for this series, Seriparium Lamp, proud to support thriving hill country communities. Joining me on this episode is Angela McFetridge and Catherine Dixon, we we're going to be talking about the interview work within the research and the conversations they've had with farmers in a very large survey. Ange McFetridge is the design lead for Beef and Lamb New Zealand. Ange was part of the Hill Country Futures social research and analyst team, conducting interviews in New Zealand's farming communities. And Dr. Catherine Dixon is a senior researcher with environmental management consultancy Nature Positive. She was a team leader on the Hill Country Futures Resilient Farmers Program for both the Farm Salus, the Farmer Wellbeing Assessment, and the Telling Our Farmers Stories Projects. Uh, Thank you so much, ladies, for all of the hard work. There's a huge amount of work that goes into having uh, over 300 conversations right across the sector. The Hill Country Futures team got out and about around the country uh, under your guidance to talk to these farming families. Tell me
1: about why it's important to do these interviews face-to-face, Ange. I think it's a great idea to be able to drive out and see people face-to-face. It gives you such a fantastic opportunity to see and explore the landscapes that people are living in, so you get lots of visual cues about where people are living and and what kind of environment they're living in so you get a good sense of the season and how it's going. And from that, it gives you a lot of cues about some of the questions to ask. And the other really important point about going to see people is that it really helps to build empathy, trust and rapport with them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's often said that farmers are people of uh, few words, Catherine, more focused on doing than talking. So how did you actually get them to open up?
2: Well, I think being there face to face was a key part of that was we were in their home environment on their turf, and we'd made the effort to get to them so we had a an element of trust. That was there and a rapport that was set up before we even got going. And like most things, you know, we sat down and had a cu- cup of tea and a good yarn before we turned the tape on and started talking about um, the Hill Country futures. So we did get to know people. But our, our approach with the interviews was to let people have the space and the time to talk about the issues that really mattered to them. We asked very open questions to begin with. I think our, for most people, the, the starting question was how did you come to be here? How did you come to be on this land? And so um, from then we would let them talk about that and then we'd say, what's the most important things in Hill Country Futures for you? So it was always asking them to talk about the things that matter most to them. Um, and we really genuinely wanted to hear what mattered to them. Mm,
0: it's interesting, uh, Ange, because to look forward in terms of future proofing, great uh, to see the the historic reason of why farmers are there in the first place and what really drives them. So, particularly around what farmers are keeping what's keeping farmers awake at night. That's the part that worries all of us in the sector. How did you start to sensitively work
1: around that with your designing of your questions? People were really open talking about some of the things that were keeping them awake at night and there were really no big surprises in the topics. We're hearing them more and more at the moment. So things such as regulation, we heard a lot about carbon farming and it didn't really matter where we went. There was always chatter about that and some people talked through succession as well. So some of those stories really did keep people awake, but um, in amongst there, there was also some little snippets of things which we didn't expect to hear, such as overseas investment, and we didn't quite realise that that was something that kept people awake as well. I think one of the underpinning things in there to to really think about and what we thought through was um, people dealing with the ambiguity of what's going on and just the uncertainty that's surrounding that. Mm, It's incredibly hard to future-proof
0: with so much uncertainty on where things are going to land as well. But there is so many farmers we don't tell the story of that are actually positive about a lot going on, Catherine.
2: That's right. And one of the overriding... um sentiments that we heard from the farmers was that they wanted their stories told and they wanted their stories told or t- stories that were similar to them. Um, because, as you know, every hill country farm is different, there's a different context, a different geography, a different life cycle of the farmer, a different you know, financial situation. And so they wanted relatable stories for two reasons, one, to showcase the good work that is being done and to counter some of the more negative stories in the media, which they felt very strongly represented just a small percentage of their farming community. And the other reason was for peer-to-peer learning, farmer-to-farmer learning. They wanted stories that were relatable from farmers like themselves. Um, so that's been really good for the project. We did a bit of a pivot, although we were going to um, showcase some stories. We've we've put a lot more emphasis onto that, and so we've really tried hard to honour the the requests from the farmers and the interviews. And showcase their stories. Oh, and just an absolute treasure
0: trove of stories where you would even start with the incredible uh, interviews and places that you would have gone. And and what about revisiting farmers and, and groups to see over a period of time uh, and and to discuss findings? Because as Catherine said, they love to learn from how others are doing or feeling, it would be an interesting barometer to see how they were feeling in comparison to other hill country farmers.
1: Yeah, we did go back and revisit a few of the people that we'd gone to interview initially, and that did several things for us. It gave us a really good opportunity to go and start to validate some of our early findings to make sure that we were on the right track. And it was a really nice way to give back to people as well, and I think that helped to build even more trust in what we were doing. What we didn't expect was that we actually got a number of deeper stories from those same people. So it helped us to sense, make and ground truth the work as we went.
0: And this goldmine of valuable data, what ways are you going to use it, Catherine?
2: Well, we've already used it in a multitude of ways. So we've, we've gone through the data and we've analysed it. We've looked for the key themes that the um, farmers and other people working in the whole country future sector were talking about. And we've used that to develop a model of the resilient farming system. Um, and As part of our work, we've gone back to farmers and other um, professionals and asked, does this, does this fit for them? Um, we've also used the data to pull out some of those stories um, and to, sh- to showcase those. And I think also the the qualitative side of that data, the um the softer side of data that doesn't always get shown has really benefited um some of the other aspects of the Hill Country Futures research that we're doing, which are more quantitative. So that's more the hardcore science, if you like. And so we can we can add stories and narratives, people's opinions and people's emotions to bring to life what is actually going on for farmers and to explain to people that are working off-farm, people that are based in the cities, this is what it's like, this is what matters. These are the voices of farmers.
0: For those who have tuned into this particular episode, Ange, why do we have to deal with the soft stuff as opposed to the technical scientific data of my lucerne yield? Because decision-making is very much in the EQ space around farmer well-being and and also what drives them to make those decisions as you see the life cycle of farm ownership and where they're at. Why is it so important to have this blended approach to science and research?
1: One of the terms I like to think about is the importance of warm data that helps to build around cold data. So we often have a lot of information, which is cold, hard data, But we miss the context around that and it's only through people's voices and their stories and taking the time to sit down and understand that we can get to grips with context. And when we understand context, we often find that we agree on so much and we also find the means and the ways that we can start to make positive progress together. Great explanation. Um, and also around the context of your
0: farming operation is uniquely different to uh, your fellow hill country farmers. So therefore, your decision making doesn't have to replicate theirs. So therefore, with this data, what type of frameworks and tools have you developed from that?
2: One of the key tools that we've developed from this uh, work is the Farm Salute tool, which is a resource pack to be used by rural professionals who are having face-to-face conversations with farmers. Anyway, we don't. We all know farmers are busy people. We don't want to add something extra for them to do. So this is designed to tag on to the end of um, conversations that are happening. And Farm Soluce is a pack of resources that open up conversations around farmer health and well-being, and put the farmer at the centre of the farm system. So, whereas a traditional um, farm survey might consider your farm business, and you may talk about the profit of your business or the cost of your inputs. The Farm Salute tool encourages conversation about how your business model impacts on your own mental health. Does does your business keep you awake at night? Um, although it's profitable and you're you know you're doing well in e-commerce, are you doing, Is it meeting your values? are you able to spend enough time with your family? Those kind of questions. And and that's, that tool has been developed as a direct response to the feedback that we were given in the farm. And we will go into more detail
0: about the Farm Soluce uh, tool in another episode. So thanks for that lovely brief chat. I do suggest you uh, check out that episode in the Hill Country Futures Partnership Program podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I've thoroughly enjoyed understanding this uh, warm versus cold approach to data and the human uh, elements of why we are farming the way that we do in the hill country, which is unique and will be unique in how we future-proof. Uh, that from a profitable, sustainable and well-being perspective. So thank you so much to Ange and Catherine. So thank you for taking the time to listen into this podcast episode, among many others in the Hill Country Futures Partnership Programme podcast series, which is a wrap of the $8.1 million research programme co-funded by Beef and Lamb New Zealand, the Ministry for Business, Innovation and Employment. PGG Rights and Seeds and SeedForce New Zealand For more information visit hillcountryfutures.co.nz and the Beef and Lamb New Zealand Knowledge Hub Online Mihinui, which is a wrap of the $8.1 million research program co-founded by Beef and Lamb New Zealand Ministry for Business, Innovation and Employment PGG Rights and Seeds and SeedForce New Zealand for more information, visit hillcountryfutures.co.nz and of course the Beef and Lamb New Zealand Knowledge Hub is huge with heaps of resources online as well. Namahi nui.